0: Welcome to the PSI monthly podcast. My name is Kat and I will be your host. And on behalf of PSI seminars, welcome to the podcast. PSI has been offering personal growth seminars around the world for over 47 years. And each month on these trainings, we explore tools and techniques from the PSI basic course as a free resource for you in your ongoing personal growth and self-improvement. For those of you who are new to PSI seminars and would like to find out more about our basic course, you can go to psibasicseminar.com. Today, we are talking about letting go of attachments. We are very excited to bring you this special training followed by a Q&A session where we will be answering your questions with PSI Area Director, Gary Perez. Gary attended all of the PSI courses in 1989 and has been involved with PSI Seminars for over 25 years. He is currently the Area Director in that Bay Area Office and is passionate about people living their lives to the fullest. Gary, are you with us?
1: Yes, I am. Wow, Kat, it has been a while since we've done one of these. I, I can't even remember the last time we did one.
0: It has. It took me a while to snag you back and get yeah. you to do a training <laughs> for us. Well, Hold you a know, few you really are the perfect person to talk about this. Um, I know and all the work that you and Kathy do on relationships with people and uh, everything that you do, not only with students in the Bay Area, up at the advanced classes, uh, there's some big pieces at the life success course and for tonight why don't we just start off with uh what are attachments like for people who either haven't done the classes or have done them and want to dive in a bit deeper uh talk to us about attachments
1: well okay so let's start with uh so i was talking to kathy my wife about this a little bit earlier and she gave me a a pretty good example so she's cleaning out her closet and she's looking at her clothes on which ones to give to Goodwill and give away. And so even though that sport coat or jacket that she hasn't worn for a year, she looks at it and she goes, wow, this is still looking like brand new. So I'm going to keep it even though I haven't worn it for a year. Uh, another uh, example would be playing the sport of baseball. And you're on first base and you know your challenge is to get to second base, but first base is so comfortable. So why don't I just hold on to first base for a while, even though you know progress would be to get to to second base. So when I think about attachments, it's those things that we hold on to that keep us from moving forward. And um, I think Buddha, there's a quote from Buddha and it was the root of all suffering are attachments and so the idea is to look and go okay so what are attachments and why do we why do they even exist well uh, our first course is the Psy basic seminar and it's an awareness training so we start becoming aware you're working with your thinking and we start to find out that we have this defense mechanism Uh, which is called our limiting beliefs and our programs, I think is the term we use in our basic. And basically it is our bias or unconscious conditioning. As a result of life's experiences at a very young age. And so we grow up with an idea and accepting a, an idea as that is the way it's supposed to be. And, what happens is anything outside that idea gets a little scary. And so we hold on to that comfort, that familiarity. And so uh, a good example would be uh, when I first got into a relationship with Kathy. One day she said she was coming home late. And uh, I said, okay. And so I'm cooking dinner for the kids, getting their lunches ready and and, uh, and helping them with their homework. And she doesn't get home till 1030. Well, I was very upset because I had left dinner out for her and so forth. However, what I realized later was that what I was holding on to is what I thought a relationship should look like, and that is I'm the one that comes home late and she's the one that should be in the kitchen. Now, I know that sounds pretty bad. However, that's why I did the work is so I could be in relationship and not hold on to these past models that no longer serve me. So I had to let go of that model which was what my mom and dad did. My mom was always home and my dad was the one out working. So attachments are those things and their sole purpose is to keep us safe and keep us within that box, that context. And so they work brilliantly and they had a, a time in our lives when they we were necessary to survive or to make sense of whatever was going on in our lives at that time. However, It's keeping us from moving forward in terms of our progress and creating more wealth, better relationships and so forth. So attachments are the things that we hold on to that keep us from moving forward. How's that for an answer?
0: That's great. So uh, you dove a little bit into how we form them. What is the root of how do you really develop an attachment?
1: Well, one thing is either through repetition, so this goes back to conditioning. So something that happens in our life at a very young age and we constantly do it and we go, okay, that's the way it's supposed to be. Some other forms of attachment may happen as a result of something that we're where we had a lot of emotional investment in. Meaning, uh, uh, I'll give you an example. When I was young, I got into a relationship. And I thought, this is the love of my life. This is how it's supposed to be. And then we broke up. Actually, she fired me. And so it was emotional for me. I was devastated. And so in that moment, I made up a belief to make it okay. In other words, I had to justify it somehow. And the belief that I came up with was don't ever commit or give all of yourself to another another person. So that then became a belief, which also became an attachment. However, I was unconscious that it was even going on. And so I would go into relationships with that that notion that I shouldn't give all of me, otherwise I'm going to get hurt. And so again, that's where it protects me. So now I'm holding on to an attachment of this is what relationships look like. And if you give all of who you are, you're going to get burned and so i go through relationships holding on to that idea and if even if they aren't going to leave me so to speak i'll make them leave me because i'm holding on to that idea the attachment that okay if i give all of me it's going to hurt so i think i think what we're looking at here is the first class that we do is the side basic training it's an awareness training and if if we look at three levels of mind, the conscious level of mind, the subconscious, and the superconscious, our classes are purposely representing those three levels of mind. So the first class you do is the basic. And so it represents the conscious level of mind, meaning I'm now aware, conscious, that I have these unconscious beliefs or subconscious beliefs that are limiting. And so the idea that we become aware of it. Now I have something to work with being on versus being on automatic pilot. Does that, does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. It, once I have that awareness, then what do I do? Like, then how do you let go of these attachments? What you be, once you become aware of them?
1: Well, I think first is, is key is awareness. Now uh, what goes along with awareness is honesty. I've got to be honest with myself. And I got to start looking and going, okay, is what I'm holding on to the idea that I'm going to get hurt in a relationship? First, I got to be honest that I even have that idea, then become aware of it, acknowledge it. And now I have choice. So it's not all those different girls that I dated that it wasn't them. It was me. I was the common denominator. That's the kind of honesty I'm talking about we tend to want to point the finger outward and go, okay, they did it to me, they were wrong and all of that stuff, which brings me to another attachment. It's a big one and it really shows up in relationships. However, it shows up everywhere. And that is the attachment to be right. And so um, often in relationships, we get, get into arguments and we are so attached to being right, defending that belief, and we may do it consciously or unconsciously, that we also pay a price for that. So uh, Tom Wellhite, uh, the co-founder of Sci Seminars, he put it this way, there are no free lunches. So meaning we got to pay a price. So part of the awareness is not only looking and going, okay, I've got an attachment to something that's keeping me from moving forward. It's also looking and getting honest with myself. Okay, I get a benefit out of this. Why do I hold on to it? Because there's a benefit. We don't do anything unless we get a benefit. However, the other side of the scale is looking at what is the price I'm paying for that benefit. So if we start looking, so if I start looking and going consciously, I wanted a committed relationship. However, unconsciously, I have this belief that okay, I'm going to get burned. Now, I bring it to my awareness and I go, okay, I do want a relationship. However, I've got to let go of the idea that somehow I'm going to get burned in this relationship. Now, what's the benefit I get out of it? Well, usually the the biggest one will be, I get to be right that women will hurt me. However, the price I pay for that is I'm alone, my loneliness. So then I get to weigh it out and going, okay, is the benefit worth the price? Another way to put it is, would you rather be right or would you rather have the relationship? Kathy and I work on that one all the time. (laughs) I'm sure you can attest to that too, Kat.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Who doesn't like to be right?
1: (laughs) Um, So I think the biggest thing is, Attachments, they're neither good, bad, or right right or wrong. There's no polarity, they're neutral. And so what happens is, is that instead of looking at the reality, which is our way of being in resistance. And so the first thing that comes up is I'd rather accept the idea or the illusion that I made up because it keeps me familiar and comfortable and safe. And so sometimes it's really hard to and challenging to accept, here's the reality of things. I know that we are all going through that right now. I mean, uh, here's an attachment attached to the past, meaning pre-COVID when things were normal. And so we're all in that place. And however, there's this angst, this anxiety and this anger. And we don't really put a finger on where is that coming from? Well, a lot of it has to do with our attachment to the past. And so we go, oh, okay, I want things or I wish or I hope things will get back to normal. And so we go through this process of actually resisting what is. Now, here's a key. Resistance is key to this. So resistance is not accepting what is. Now, this is important because all of creation, all the things that you've ever created in your life came from a place of accepting what is, meaning the reality versus the illusion. In size 7 we have uh, an event that occurs in the class where the participants have done everything throughout that day, they've left it all on the field, and at the very last moment, when they think they can, they can sing the song of victory, there's this one last challenge. And, and so it is in life. And that challenge is a huge obstacle that they must overcome. The obstacles in life occur as a result of disillusionment, meaning I, I've come up against it and I don't know what to do. Well, the reason why you didn't know what to do because you haven't accepted the reality of things. Bob Proctor put it this way, all human suffering is as a result of our thinking not being in alignment with the reality. And our thinking is that it should be this way. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. You know, uh, have you ever heard the saying, you, should, uh, uh, you shouldn't should on other people and you shouldn't should on yourself. So so the whole idea is shoulds and all of those expectations you can look at and go, oh, there's there's an attachment. That's one way you can identify it. Now, once you bring it to an awareness and weigh out the benefits and prices, then you can ask yourself, is it really that beneficial for me to hold on to it. I, I check in all the time when in terms of relationship or a business deal or whatever. So it's just like you wouldn't get into a new business without doing some uh, risk management, which is due diligence. And p- that purpose is solely to get to the reality of things. Um, we have a, a, a definition for commitment. Uh, It's a choice I make and then surrender to. Surrender is the absence of resistance or accepting what is. So if I'm not willing to accept what is, it's because of my attachment to a should or an expectation. So the idea is, is that if we actually look internally and look and go, okay, I have a choice here. I have the power of choice. Now, the reason why it becomes so difficult, because our defense mechanism called this context, which keeps us in the box, its sole purpose is survival of the species. So therefore, anything outside of our context or how we view the world is viewed as unconsciously as a threat to our life. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about lungs breathing and heart beating. So it takes risk. It takes courage to make the choice to let go. Many of us have attachments around us, physical attachments called triggers. So there are certain things. Now, let's take, for example, um, when I first went through my divorce, I moved into my apartment and I brought some of the furniture with me. And I was attached to that furniture because it brought me comfort. However, it also was a trigger device of the the relationship i was in that wasn't working. and so i had to ask myself even though that couch or that sofa was $1000 is it really worth it for me to hold on to that when each day it's reminding me of the loneliness and the pain that i was hurt, that i was feeling at the time. so that was an attachment and it was also a trigger device. Because it triggered an experience of that time in my life when I was going through all of that. So it's we hold on to things, material things. We hold on to ideas, all of which are attachments. And I, I think the biggest part of it is, is just looking and going, okay, so what's the price I'm paying for holding on to that? Now that's not to say that all the attachments are bad, and that's why I'm saying that we're we're bringing up the negative ones. However, there's no polarity to them. Uh, In our uh, advanced class, the life success course, we spend one whole day on attachments. And here are the three areas that we look at. Number one is relationships. We look at trigger devices and those physical things around us that we hold on to that trigger us in certain ways, some positive, some negative. And then we also look at wealth. So uh, I know that some of you that have gone through our classes, uh, you experienced a reaction. And that reaction was, wait a minute, I've got to give up seven days of my time to go to the advanced course called life success, or I've got to give up. $4,000 $4,000 to go to an advanced class. So, some of those triggers, some of those reactions were driven by your attachments. So, looking at it from the standpoint, let's say business, if I'm attached to holding on to money, then how is that money going to work for me? So, I got to look and go, all right, what's the price I'm paying for not using that money to work for me? Versus me just holding on to it. So the same thing when it goes in, in relationships, holding on or holding back withholding that part of me, because I'm afraid it's going to get hurt or I'm going to be hurt. And so we don't give all of ourselves. So these are all forms of attachments and it comes back down to being aware, aware, being honest, and then choosing. And what you're choosing is, is the price I'm paying worth the benefit? I think that's the biggest check-in right there.
0: So that sounds so simple. It's just a choice.
1: You know, here's the amazing thing is that, you know, we talk about uh, commitment, a choice I make and then surrender to. I thought I was committed to be in a relationship. However, I was not, I was conflicted because of that unconscious belief that I'm going to get hurt. And I, I really, really struggled with that. I'm not saying it's easy. However, the formula is, and it really boils down to how much do I really want a relationship? Because the risk for me was giving all of me to another person. And I think that. And I don't know how many have experienced this, but when you have a relationship where there's always a shadow or something is being hidden from you, you feel like there is this wall that is up. And that was me in the beginning of the relationships after my divorce is I always had this wall up. Well, it was me withholding part of me. So I never really showed up fully in the relationship. And what I found out was I'm the common denominator, both in my personal life and my professional life. I did the same thing in business. I held back parts of me, my leadership, my commitment. And so choice is is something that I look at and go, if you really look at choice, there is no rhyme or reason you're drawn to it. There is this burning desire to have it happen versus I should do this or I want to do this because it'll make me look good, which is ego. And so we have a saying in sci seven, be, do, have. And part of our protection mechanism is our ego. And so what happens is they get it reversed. If I do this, then I can have this and therefore I will be this. So that's ego. In uh, size seven, we talk about be. Everything you want is gonna come from who you are in this moment. So your beingness is key. In fact, the participant in size seven gets to experience actually moving through a program and busting that up. And it happens as a result. So I'll just say it. So in size seven, you climb a 40-foot pole. And in that, the participant gets to experience moving from being fearful to being courageous. That shift is what what shifts the unconscious conditioning and belief. And the bias and all of that because you just busted it up. Now, your subconscious has no idea that you're climbing a pole or asking that that person out for the first date. And so you've got to let go of first base to get to second, so to speak. You've got to be willing to go out and risk. And the risk is that of letting go of those attachments. So it's not I'm not saying that it's easy. Some are but it's going to require that you do some internal best investigation to find out, okay, so I say, I want these things, but what do I need to let go of? What do I have to give up? Uh, Another thing that we talk about in PLD our goal setting program, the 90 day goal setting program is, is that whenever commitment is present, so is sacrifice. Meaning if I'm going to commit to this, I've got to let go of something. So what do I need to sacrifice for that, that greater thing or that, that great number 10 uh, wildly romantic relationship that I know I deserve in my life? Well, I'm gonna have to give up being right about how women are gonna hurt me. So um, does that cover
0: it? So first we become aware of the attachment, then we look at the prices and benefits and make a choice to let it go. Is is it just a one-time choice or is this an ongoing, renewed, like what's the process that you use to let go uh, in your example around relationships and how can our listeners apply that for themselves?
1: Well, here's the thing. So if we look back at our conditioning and our bias and so forth, our programs,
0: it came
1: as a result of something that happened in our past, which is attached to our memories. Well, also are those beliefs and programs. So something happens as a child, I'll give you an example. Uh, I was in second grade, I was small for my age and I remember uh, getting bullied a lot. And so that was the first time that I, and of course I didn't, didn't know this at the time as a little second grader. However, in that moment, I decided that I'm I'm not strong enough, I'm not big enough. And so I, here's the thing though, as traumatic and being bullied and all of that stuff is, it was also what shaped me. I would not be the man that I am today as a result of that. However, I had to let go of the belief that I'm not enough. Now, because it's attached to a memory, so let's say I expand who I am, my consciousness, I expand my context. And so then I get past the not good enough. However, the next challenge I come up, with, uh, up on that I'm going to expand to, that belief will come up again. And however, because I've been practicing growing and expanding and shifting my programs, I know I've done it before and I can get through this one. The more we practice at busting up those unconscious beliefs and biases, uh, the more, the better that we get at it. I'm not saying it's always easy. I'm going through one right now, looking and going, okay, I've got to reinvent me. And however, I'm going to have to let go of who I thought I was. And because I truly believe we're infinite possibilities. Um, one, one of the, uh, Uh, people that we had speak at Principia, our our large leadership gathering that after you go through the three classes, we have a large gathering of people that come together and it's for a week-long seminar. Um, And one of the things that we talk about in, in one of those sessions was life isn't happening to you, it's happening for you. So I look at those failed relationships instead of me holding on to making them uh, making it evidence that, uh, I'll get hurt. I had to let go of it. And however, if I look back at it, they happened for me because each time I had those failures, I learned. So it's kind of like, if you, if you lose, don't lose the lesson. However, to get to that place, you got to let go of being right. So I had to let go of being right about relationships. I had to let go of being right about, uh, how uh, other people show up and how they're doing it to me. I had to let go of being the victim and take responsibility. Given I was the common denominator, so it it's looking. It's there are so many things that you would look at in terms of what's keeping you from moving forward. However, it begins in the practice of it and being willing to look inside.
0: Great, is there anything else you'd like to add before we go into questions?
1: Um, Okay, so uh, first is awareness that you have an attachment. Second is, uh, you know, where did that come from? Just identifying it, acknowledging that it exists and most importantly, being honest. So awareness, being honest and weighing out the prices and benefits, doing that type of drilling down and then making a choice. Now, when you make the choice, now you're doing it from a causal place because I could choose to hold on to my image, which is the third thing that we work on the attachments day in in, uh, our life success course in the um, advanced class. Um, I'll hold on to my image. However, there are times when I know my image that I project out doesn't serve me. So for those of you who don't know me, I have tattoos on my arm. So I know that there are times I need to cover up those tattoos because people have enough stuff to get through without before they even get to what I've got to say. So I want to eliminate that because I know it doesn't serve me. So um, I think that's the key. Those three things is awareness, being honest with yourself, prices and benefits, and then choosing.
0: That's powerful. I liked what you said about reinvention. I feel like With the pandemic and everything that's happening in our world, there's a lot of people who are reevaluating their lives and uh, being confronted with their mortality and that brings about questions of what do I really want to accomplish in my lifetime, right. Uh, Certainly that's uh, been a catalyst for people seeking more personal growth like what our seminars offer.
1: Oh, absolutely
0: so. Before we go into questions, I do wanna take a moment for all of the people listening who have not yet done our classes. Uh, If you want more tools to support you in your personal growth and living your best life, the basic course has extremely effective techniques that you can put into practice right away to achieve goals beyond what you previously thought possible. And for the results that you really wanna create in your life, At the PSI Basic Seminar, you get to uncover your limiting beliefs and discover what has been holding you back from living the life of your dreams, whatever that is for you. The basic, it's an experiential class where you will be immersed in powerful exercises and get to explore who you are, what you really want, and how to get where you want to go. If there's anything you want more, better, or different for yourself and your life, then go to psibasicseminar.com and get registered for the next PSI Basic. We hold classes in cities across the country as well as online. So find a location and date that works for you. Again, that's psibasicseminar.com. Now for our questions. First off from RB, when someone has wronged you, what is the best way to let go of the resentment and anger? Um,
1: I, I look at it this way. If I am in reaction to it, I've got to look. I mean, one of the things I, I prep students that are going to our advanced classes on is to go, okay, so what is the reaction about? Uh, I even ask them questions, I go, Why are you reacting? What are you reacting to? What are you feeling? When did you first feel those feelings? If you can answer those those questions, and then finally, what happened in your life such that you felt those feelings, meaning going back to childhood. What you'll find is, it was something that happened in the past, which is baggage that you're now bringing into the present, and you're attempting to reduplicate whatever that is. So, uh, One way to look at it is when you feel wronged and you have energy on it, whatever that emotion is, is most likely it's something from your past that you're bringing into the present and unconsciously you're recreating it so that you get to be right about a belief that you made up as a child about yourself. Um, I, I look at it this way. I strive to be in a place where I am not always in reaction. I mean, reaction is part of our defense mechanism to warn us, to let us know that danger may occur, or we may get hurt. However, I know that what's underneath that reaction is usually an unhealed wound of sorts. Um, We have a saying in our seminars and that is what we suppress gets expressed. And so At a young age, when I was bullied, what I suppressed was crying. So I just sealed in the belief that I'm not big enough, strong enough, or whatever. We also have another saying is that what we fully experience and express, the energy dissipates and leaves the space for something new, which is actually what you do and is part of the transformational process that happens at the life success course in Site 7. So you actually go through that process. Uh, I remember in one of our, principias or uh, whatever you want to call that seminar, which is the leadership gathering. Um, we had Keith Benz and he was talking about the survival context. And one of the things that he said it was, is that all creation or whatever we create comes from nothingness. Nothingness meaning there's an absence of resistance. We're accepting what is. So from that place we can then create. And so I strive to get to that place, which means when we're in REACT, I'm in resistance because my belief systems are being challenged. So now I got to look and go, okay, obviously I still need some healing in my not enough department. And I think, so for RB, it's looking and going, okay, I've got a wound there, um, which is my, becomes my program. So I've got some work to do there. I've got to explore that and let go of it and let go in an emotional way. And so my suggestion is, is to continue with this work. Um, you know, it's kind of like we have three classes plus the leadership gathering. However, what I found is that this is a lifestyle. You, you don't just go to a class and go, I'm done or I've arrived. Uh, it's a lifestyle that requires practice, especially if you want to continue to expand your life and, and actually live your purpose and what, and the life that you were meant to live and deserve to live.
0: Great. Next from RM. How does one move on from regret? uh, Letting go from feeling of failure as a parent.
1: Okay, so I have felt that. I have two daughters. They're now 38 and 40. And um, I've had some regrets, some poor choices that I've made. However, What I have learned, though, is I have become a better father to them, even at 38 and 40. And what I found is, is that our regret is usually attached to our ego. Again, it's a should. I should have done this, or it could have been better, or I could have been better, whatever it is. And um, it goes back to this happened for me, not to me. And to look at what is the lesson so I could become a better father. What I learned is I can screw up totally. And I also learned that I can clean it up. And I think that's the key is that, okay, maybe there were some poor choices that you made in terms of your parenting. However, clean it up with her. Clean it up with them such that you get back to ground zero. Now, I'm not saying again, that's easy. It may take years of continually cleaning it up. However, uh, you'll get bigger as a result. The big thing about failure is, is what people, when they tend to make it as evidence about who they are, meaning I'm a loser, I'm a failure, I screwed up, blah, 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 blah. Versus failure, as Bob Proctor puts it, failure is the tuition we pay for success. Meaning failures are necessary. It's what expands us. It's how we grow. It's how we educate ourselves. So it's kind of like um, during the game of PLD, I I was coaching one of the PLDers and I said, you know what, go out and fail 50 times. So you get get to the winner at 51. And it's kind of looking, having that approach is like, okay, uh, there's some lessons I need to learn. And what's the best way to learn? Think about when you first rode a bike or learning to ski, you had to screw up a number of times before you got better at it. So let's get all of that out of the way. Let's screw up now get it over with so that we can advance ourselves.
0: Next from BA, I'm getting laid off next week and feel like my world has crumbled. I will have very little money to survive. How do I let go of my attachment that my work was my only source of income?
1: Oh, I know that one well. Uh, When I first took these classes, I was a mechanic. And I had an attachment to this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. This is what I do. Great. This is what I do. Well, however, um, losing my job as a mechanic was one of the best things that ever happened to me because it opened me up to being an entrepreneur. So the first business I opened up was having my own auto repair shop and, uh, I then learned about business. And then as I continued going through the classes, I found out, wait a minute, it doesn't even have to be an auto repair shop. It could be any business. And so these are all mechanisms. So if you uh, is I don't know if RM is a graduate, but if one of the things you look at in the basic is int- intention versus mechanism, meaning uh, I've got to look at what, what am I more committed to? Am I more committed to the how to or am I just more committed to make it have the outcome to create the result? Here's what I know is that if you were to look at it from the perception of this is happening for you, what are the possibilities that are out there? It's like, you've got to get excited about, you're in a place, you've got a clean slate, you are now in a place to create. And if you are that infinite possibility, what would you create? Start getting excited. So I believe that our high uh vibration when we're excited uh, that's when possibilities occur that's when things are created however if we're down and out we're just going to track more of the same things that keep us down and out um in fact if you think about it you would not exist if your parents didn't get excited
0: most definitely so next up from tg I'm recently divorced. What is a good strategy to support my children and myself when letting go of our old family unit?
1: Again, not the easiest thing. I it it was challenging for me. However, what I did do was this: I recommitted to my kids. Um, I had a, a deep intimate conversation with my ex that our commitment is to the kids. However, I'm not going to also be the martyr and hang on the cross and sacrifice, um, kids. My kids will always be the most important thing to me. However, you're going to feel drained unless you fill the cup back up, meaning you got to recharge you. You've got to give to you. So be aware that, um, it's a tough balance to go, okay, I've got my own personal life because now I'm alone and uh, I've got to make a decision here. Do I want to be in a relationship? And so I, I, it was a tough balance for me as well. I had to think about, do I really want to in, introduce this girl I'm dating to my kids? And so I did my best not to bring the women that I dated to my kids unless I knew that they, you know. It was someone that I can actually have a relationship with. And so the cool thing about when I was in relationship with Kathy, we were friends for a year and a half before we became romantically involved. So the kids knew her well, and they loved her. And so I think that's, that's the other thing is that you got to fill the cup back up, you got to give to you, it's kind of like being on the airplane. And the uh, flight attendant says, when the oxygen mask drops, put it on yourself before you put it on, you know, your child or somebody else. So you got to take care of you in the process, get the balance.
0: Next from SR, how can I truly break bad habits that are 30 plus years old? For example, the bleeping snooze button habit and not sticking with my morning routines.
1: Uh, you ever notice how I remember this as a kid, my parents would tell me, Uh, you know, we're going to go on a trip and we're going to go to Disneyland or you're going on a vacation. And I remember going to bed with all these thoughts in my head. I could barely sleep. However, I was up at 5 a.m. ready to get in the car and go on that road trip down to L.A. to go to Disneyland. So um, it's your perception of what, again, attachments of what you're gonna deal with the next day that you'd rather curl up in bed and throw the covers over and go, you know what, I'd rather stay here because it's safe and comfortable versus the possibilities that you can create that day. So my suggestion is we all have a body clock. And I've been playing with this one forever. And that is I mentally set a time. Uh, One of the things that I have to do is I have to do roll call for Sci-Sevens, LS is at the airport as before they get on the bus and you know go off to the ranch and stuff. And so I internally set the clock. It's it's almost as if I set the alarm as a safety net. And nine times out of 10, I am awake before the alarm goes off. So meaning I, I just tell myself mentally, okay, I got roll call, I gotta get up at 5 a.m. And it's amazing. It it works. So visualization. Looking at what are we going to, you know, what are you going to accomplish the next day? Uh, I think helps changing your perception of whatever's going on the next day. You want to wake up excited and raring to go. So, what is the mental shift that needs to happen? The mindset shift that's going to get you prepared for the next day.
0: Next from AA, how does one let go of relationship insecurities? Um.
1: It begins with yourself. I mean, the bottom line is nobody else can love you until you love you, which is, you know, this work. Um, that was a challenge for me as well. I didn't like who I was. Although out uh, the what I projected to everybody else is that I'm this happy-go-lucky guy. However, I didn't like parts of me. And so it starts with You accepting who you truly are, that's a tough one to go. Wait a minute. I'm a great person. I question that. Um, Psi seven, which is a responsibility training, meaning I am the source and uh, the basic. We have a banner that hangs to think is to create. So whatever you're thinking about yourself, you are creating and you're not only creating and gathering evidence, you're actually creating events in your life to be right about how you're not good enough. So insecurities are, are those things where we don't have the confidence. We don't have, uh, if it wasn't for MLS, I wouldn't have gotten that nothing is bigger than me. Society 7, definitely. Uh, supported me in getting that nothing is bigger than me. Now, I'm not saying I'm King Kong or anything. However, what I am saying is, is that I can get through this. Just like I look at this pandemic stuff. We'll get through it. We're going to create. I know it. I am capable of it. I am an infinite possibility. And what I just did there were my I am's. That uh, saying things to myself that validate the person that I know I am. So sometimes I wake up in the morning, depending on what I've got to get done. Uh, The other day, while Kathy was gone on uh, doing a class, I woke up in the morning because I wanted to get the interior of the house painted. And I woke up, looked in the mirror while I'm brushing my teeth and like, I am a construction guy. I am gonna kill this, I'm gonna crush it. It's gonna be done before she gets home. She's gonna be so happy. So I created this perception Uh, in my mind of how excited she's going to be when she walks in the door and see those walls painted, uh, the new console hung on the wall, the pictures up, and how excited I will be to know that I finished it within, you know, a great amount of time and and, uh, record time. And so it's changing the perception. I have that ability. You have the ability. It's kind of like you can decide what perception to choose for anything because here's the result. And we talk about this in size seven things happen. It, they just happen. They are just what are, however, we're the ones that put all the meaning on what it is. And so the whole idea is just to go, this is what is again, it goes back to nothingness and accepting what is and from that place to creating.
0: Perfect. That ties into this next question from TC wants to know how to be detached from the outcomes of business phone calls, sales, customers, business results, et cetera, because it's easier said than done.
1: Well, usually if you're in sales, you're dealing with rejection. What you have to let go is, is that you've got you attached to that rejection. They're not rejecting you they're rejecting whatever the pitch was, whatever the sales is, whatever the service is. So it's not about you. It's, it's not about they're saying that, you know, uh, I reject you. Again, it's going back to a past wound. So somewhere, it's funny, salespeople are the ones that got rejected in life. And so they get into sales. <laughs> it's like, I want more of this. <laughs> um, but what you've got to let go is, is it's, it's just someone saying no, they're not saying no to you, you're not a bad person. Uh, however, your pitch could probably use some work. Uh, you might look at that. It's it's It can be tough and, and we're in that industry, right Kat? And so uh, it's not about having tough skin because you've got to be open and vulnerable and be that loving, connecting person. What it is though, is having a skin of Teflon that no matter what is thrown off of you, it doesn't stick. It just slides right off. So I think that's key uh, in any time with their sales. Um, Just know that it says a lot to your attachment to what results are, your relationship with results. So what I often work on is my relationship with results. Am I setting myself up to win? So I've got to look at how I speak to people, how I connect with people. And I got to look at me in terms of my, re- my relationship with people. Am I making this about them? I believe that uh, in any position where there is a service to be sold or anything, you've got to go, okay, how will this serve them? Some of the best real estate people I know are people that just care. They care about the home they're selling to their clients, they care about the service that they get. They care that the contracts and deadlines are met. It shows care. And I think that's the biggest thing. You've got to focus outward. You've got to give. Contribution of self is key in terms of uh, sales and that, that type of thing. Any type of service industry, it's all about the service and how you contribute. Versus the hidden agenda of, oh, I got to make this sale. I got to make my quota. Cause that's what comes across to a lot of people subjectively and they can't put their finger on it. however, it's kind of like, I don't know if I want to do business with this person. So I don't know which is the case for you. However, what I would look at is one, how come you're taking it so personal? Um, such that you've got to clean yourself off at the end of the day. It was just a sale. That's all it was. You offered something and they rejected it. So that's where you get to explore is going, okay, so Where's the work that I need? Where's the training I need to expand who I am so I can better serve
0: my clients. Next from JH. I have trouble opening up to any prospective romantic partner. And once I do, if the relationship does not work out, I'm unable to let go of the romantic attachment and it destroys my confidence. What can I do? um
1: again when you lose don't lose the lesson so when events in our life continually happen uh carol santucci who works for psych seminars for years and years and years and i learned so much from and she kept saying if if the event keeps happening it's the universe telling you that you haven't learned the lesson so my suggestion is okay what do you need to learn here And why do you keep setting it up? You're getting something out of it. Uh, Again, going back to benefits and prices, we don't do anything unless we get a benefit out of it. So you get to hold on to, I got burned, I got hurt, or whatever. And you got to look and go, what's the benefit that you get out of? Because there's definitely a benefit. And then look at the price you pay for it. The risk that is going to be for you is to give unconditionally anyway, with the, even though there's a possibility that you're gonna get hurt.
0: Next from TG, how can I quickly identify my attachments? Um,
1: that is a loaded question. Um, <laughs> so, A good example. Okay. So let's take a look at the closet. I was, in fact, we've been doing some stuff during this, during this COVID quarantine stuff. It's like to stay busy. Let's go clean the closets. Right. And so, um, if there was any inkling in my mind that this no longer serves me or serves a purpose besides looking good in my, I mean, I had this hoodie. I mean, it was the best hoodie and I've held on to it for years. And there was some experiences attached to that hoodie, meaning uh, I used to ride a Harley motorcycle. And so I had some of the greatest times on that Harley. We rode to Vegas with my buddies and so forth. That sucker is hung in my closet, even though I sold that bike, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know, almost 10 years ago. So it's kind of like we hold on to it because it triggers an experience. So you want to go, okay, so is it really, it's right now that hoodie's just taking up space in my closet, which I, I desperately need more space because I've collected all this clothing. I'm a, I'm definitely a clothes horse. However, I realize that, okay, it's time to get rid of the hoodie. I will still have the memory of riding my bike. I don't need the hoodie. So when you say quickly identify, It's kind of looking and going, what's more important, holding on to something that no longer serves me or let's make space for something new. So that's how I looked at it. And that's how I identified, well, I'm really attached to that hoodie. However, it's not serving me. And I've got plenty of hoodies.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so I think anytime we have some sort of emotional reaction, I think that's a good clue that there's some sort of attachment coming up.
1: Yeah. There you go. And I, I think that's true. I, I, what happens is there are many <clears throat> physical material things in our life that trigger us. Some bring pleasure and some bring pain. And I think it's time to let go of the ones that bring it pain. You know And the pleasure, in terms of pleasurable moments and experiences in your life, is it serving you and moving forward? Or are you still living in the past? Meaning, am I still riding that Harley that no longer exists? No. So time to get rid of it.
0: Maybe in your dreams, right?
1: Yeah, maybe I'll get another Harley so to match the hoodie that hangs in my closet. I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, that brings me to this question from JS. How do you let go of something that was good?
1: Um... You know, uh, I was told when I first took these classes, I remember they asked me, go, well, what do you want to get out of this? And um, I just want to be happy. What I learned as I went through these classes was that joy, happiness are fleeting moments, and that um, it's proportional to the amount of struggle and challenge that you go through. It's kind of like any first thing that you think of in your life first time the first kiss the first time you buy a house there is such fear and so much is going on however it's very exciting and there is a lot that you had to let go of in order for that to become a reality and so I hold that in my mind as to um I'm I'm going to embrace the challenges and and look at letting go of things so Holding on to memories, that's great because I hold on to the memories of my my girls when they were kids. And there are moments that I actually use those memories to bring about joy, to shift my beingness in that moment, to bring happiness and joy into, and and it shows up physically in my face and how I show up. So I'm not saying that you have to let go of things. I'm asking you to ask yourself, Me holding on to this, is it now no longer serving me and moving forward? Because here's the thing. If you're holding on to something that happened in the past that brought you joy, it may be keeping you from creating new joy in this moment. Because now it's something that I compare things to versus I get to create, I created that one so I can create a new one. So go out there and create something new, another memory that answer that?
0: So before you go into takeaways from the training, uh, for all the people who are listening in who have not yet done our classes, I know you've referenced some of the different classes uh, throughout our talk here. Uh, And if you could just take a couple of minutes to speak on our series of classes and what makes them so effective, what makes it different you know, the experiential nature uh, of our trainings, what makes it different from other trainings that are available out there?
1: Well, um, I have done some uh, other trainings, however, not very different from this work. And a lot of the classes or seminars that I went to, whether they were technical or not, um, very intellectual. So, again, going back to what I stated earlier, the three levels of mind the conscious, the subconscious, and the superconscious. Uh, if we look at the conscious, it's where we gather data. So, a lot of the seminars that I had gone to, uh, whether they were technical or not, it was receiving data. So, it's much like going through school and you receive a bunch of data from your teacher and you read the books and so forth. However, it doesn't get down to the bone. And what I mean by that, it's not getting into your experience. So where our classes are valuable is you're presented with an idea and you then get to experience it and then draw your own conclusions from that experience. So it's much like, uh, would you ride, uh, take a flight with me on an airplane? And I'll, I'll tell you this, I've watched every video, I've listened to every CD, I've, I've heard other pilots talk on podcasts. However, I've never flown a plane, but I know enough to fly one. Do you wanna go on my maiden voyage? No. Why? Because of the experience. So deep learning happens as a result of experience. So the first class is the basic. Now it occurs at the conscious level. And as I stated earlier, the whole purpose of that class is to become aware that we have unconscious thinking. And so you do a little bit of drill down into the subconscious to see where that thinking came from, where that bias, that conditioning and so forth. So now I'm aware that I have these unconscious beliefs or limiting beliefs. The next step is that I go to the advanced class, which is the life success course. That is a responsibility training, meaning not responsibility in terms of blame or fault, but I am the source. I'm the source for what I experience. I'm the, uh, the source for my perception of others, the perception of myself and the source for what I project onto others. And so that class is a transformational class, and it happens in two parts. One is to let go of the unconscious conditioning and lies and stories that you made up as a young, as a young person. And then the second part is to now create a new belief or no, new program that now serves you in moving forward. So that, that is is seven. Uh, for me, it expanded me in such a way that I saw that more was available to me. Then we have our leadership classes, which is men's leadership and women's leadership. So first of all, psi 7 occurs at the subconscious level. We operate from experiencing. In fact, you'll be asked the whole week, what are you feeling right now? What are you experiencing? Now, LS is not psi 7 and is not basic. However, there are pieces of those two classes that you t- had taken before that do come up in the class. Those trainings were necessary before you can go into men's leadership or women's leadership. Now, first of all, leadership in terms of leader of self, how often do we go through life, don't take action because we want validation from an outside source. We wanna you know, say, it's okay, you can do that versus us taking action and going, I'm clear that here's my vision and here's the direction I'm going. So LS, our leadership classes occur at the super conscious level. So the super conscious level is... Uh, it's everywhere around us. It is infinite. It is universal. It is God, uh, universal power, whatever you believe that third entity to be. Now, here's how it works. When I align what I know in my conscious mind, and when I align that with what I feel in my subconscious, that alignment then allows me to connect to superconscious, which is infinite knowledge. Now, In religion, they refer to that as allowing spirit in or inspiration. In sports, they refer to it as a zone. So what we're working on here is being congruent within ourselves in alignment. It's kind of like you go to buy a car. However, uh, your head goes, well, wait a minute. Uh, That's not within our budget. However, your heart's saying, "I, I want that car. And so there's no alignment. So our programs, our belief systems are often the reason why we have conflict in terms of our head and our heart. So we are most effective in that place of alignment. In sports they refer to as being in the zone. We see players uh, when they in, the, in their sports when they're just in the zone and all they are about is an end result and they do amazing things uh, in the workplace you you found times when you are in the zone you've completed things and you are also working with others that's called synergy and that and that you could uh, actually create more as a result of working together with others in relationships uh, it's it's kind of like you can uh, before the question is even asked by your partner and answer give them an answer before they even it's like finishing sentences so this the three classes are about us being, creating alignment within our lives, creating balance so that we can be the best version of ourselves. Um, LS is also about looking and going, okay, so what, is the, what are the principles that I stake my life on uh, for men? And you actually get to consciously look at what are your principles? Um, there's another part of the definition, which is wholeness meaning that for me to show up in life, I've got to bring all of me, I've got to bring my feminine energy, I've got to bring my masculine energy. As a guy, one of the things that I, I clearly wanted to deny was that there is this feminine part of me, uh, this feminine energy. However, by me trying to hide that or show up really macho, uh, it definitely didn't serve me in relationships. And so, Uh, wholeness is about accepting all of who we are in our greatness and in our smallness, meaning those times I've failed in my life. However, it's all a part of me. And so when I show up that way, I am being more of the man that I know that I can be. I know that nothing is bigger than me because I'm an infinite possibility. And I also have a direction so, vision lies in the superconscious, meaning it is ever morphing and expanding as I expand who I am. So, if we look at the three levels of mind, that when I'm in alignment, I'm connected to purpose, I'm connected to my vision, even though I may not consciously know what it is. So, um, the three classes are about being the best version of ourselves and living more out of our purpose versus what we think we should do uh, based on ego. Does that make sense?
0: Uh, certainly does. And, you know, it all starts with the PSI basic seminar and you can find out more at psibasicseminar.com. So with that, Gary, what is the key takeaway that you want listeners to leave this training with? Um, I
1: think, you know, and I'm not saying this is easy, and none of this work is easy. One, it's a lifestyle. So yes, take, take the classes, go to study seminars, take our classes, wherever you are, for those of you that have gone through our classes, it's going to be about practice. Surround yourself with like-minded individuals. Uh, one of the, the things that I did was I got involved in um, the city of San Francisco, we call, we call them our centers, our cities, And so I wanted to be around the work. I I went to the basic classes, re-audited. This is pre-COVID. Re-audited means you can take the basic for the rest of your life for free once you've taken the class. And so um, I did that. I went through our goal-setting program. I coached the goal-setting program. I just dove in deep. And one of the things that was important to me is that I surround myself with like-minded individuals that can hold me accountable, that I can support, and so it was, uh, and it, that is still the case today. You know, And like, like you said, I took the classes back in 1989. Um, I think it's an important part of, uh, in terms of me having a fulfilled life is to live out more of my purpose. And, it, and the more that I learn about me and expand me, the more I am living that purpose. Because like I said, the vision expands, morphs and changes. And as you grow and as you expand you, there's a reason why they call it personal growth. The personal growth is the expansion of your context, your box. So if you think about it this way, it's kind of like the tree only grows as big as the planter box, right? So you will only attract in your life what fits that box. So there was a point in my life where my smallness was only attracting those people, those events into my life that would support that smallness. And what I mean by smallness is that I was all about me and I wasn't about contribution. If we look at greatness, greatness is about our contribution and living out our purpose and what we have to give to the world. Um, I think that, you know, I'm going to tell a quick story. So South African minor, there were, uh, seven years of drought and war. And this, this minor, I mean, this, uh, this African farmer is like, okay, I, I don't know how I'm gonna survive all of this. I've gotta do something. Nothing is growing in my fields. And so as he's contemplating this, he's walking down the path through his barren fields and he's kicking the stones as he's walking along. And he looks back and he goes, the only asset that I have is the farm. So he sells the farm. He sells the farm to the De Beers Corporation. You know who the De Beers Corporation is? Who? Yes, diamonds. Literally, the stones he was kicking were raw diamonds sitting on the surface. The point of the story is, is his consciousness, his contacts, was not big enough to see the very wealth at his feet. And so my point in this is, is that we are ever expanding if we choose to. If we choose to learn from our failures, if we choose to learn from our successes, both are valuable in terms of expanding who we are. And most importantly, the expansion is so that we can live out more of the diamond that we are, live out more of the gift that we are so that we contribute to the world, society and and so forth. Our families, however big a game you wanna play. So that is a lifelong, that is a lifestyle. And so the biggest takeaway that I can think of is um, you will be truly fulfilled when you start living out of your purpose and that of contribution.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Gary, for sharing your wisdom experience with us tonight. And really appreciate having you on the podcast teaching about letting go of attachments. Thank you. Thank you
1: so much. I was like, I was like having flashbacks of the last time we ever did a, a podcast. and I was like, Oh, this is so much fun. I'm so glad I got to do this. And uh, I hope all of you uh, will join us and, and come to the classes. And, and hopefully at some point I get to meet you. So thank you, Kat, for having me.
0: Absolutely. And yes, thank you to everyone listening in. We hope that you enjoyed the training and have some new tools to move you forward in the pursuit of your dreams and goals. You definitely don't want to miss next month's training. It's scheduled for Tuesday, November 10th with PSI facilitator, Tim O'Kelly. You can register now at psilive.com and remember to ask your questions when you register. Again, that's psilive.com. If you are getting value from our podcast, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and definitely share it with anyone you think would benefit. For those of you who are new to PSI seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI basic course, you can go to psi psibasicseminar.com where you'll find information about the class as well as the upcoming dates and locations that are open for registration thank you everyone for being on the training we appreciate you taking the time out to listen in go out and live your best life
1: bye